welcome to the first ever current backloggers award show. Cody, I don't like Harry Wicken. I Anyways, welcome um, back to the first ever award show brought to you by Current Backloggers. Welcome, mm-hmm. Gacy. Hi, how's it going? I think your audio is messing up or something. Um, otherwise known as the the CBAs, I'm here with my good friend Cody G. Cody, how does it feel to be at the award show? <laughs> Feels great, Casey. We could just take sound. It'd be awesome to take sound clips out of the uh, video game awards and put into ours because those were already fake, and then use our fake ones on ours. Yeah, just now I felt like on dodgeball that real douchey guy. <laughs> It really adds anything to it. Uh-huh. So, yes, they're doing really good out there. <laughs> this is an award show. Everybody, welcome. All right. So before we get into this, I'll just go over. I kind of went out with Cody before he started. We only have a few categories this year, so I'll run through those first. We got game of the year, and I'll kind of exp- <laughs> explain these going into it. So game of the year is just going to be our personal favorite games, not necessarily the best. Like uh, the, what do you think? The best done game, I don't know how to put it, or the best um, performing games, I should say. Because I feel like, for one, all this is subjective to begin with. There is some things that are objective, like uh, how well a game runs or graphics or things like that. But majority of it is subjective, especially because there's a ton that we can't play. So this is going to be our favorite games. All the categories, we can do up to five nominees. That's what this is going to be, just a nominee show. And then next week, we'll do the award show. And then you don't have to fill up to five, though. And we're going to leave any spots that don't have that. We're going to have a, a week to fill in if you want to think of anything for either of us. Not the audience, me and Cody, that is. So the next one is Game of the Year from Another Year, which with this one, it's any game that we played for the first time this year that is from a that different year. exactly right, Casey. Thank you so much. I was like, what the hell is happening? Um, so this is a good category because, like I talked about with the, our first award, the Game of the Year, is that we're not going to be able to play most of the games, and there's going to be so many games that probably would be our Game of the Year. But we won't know it till later, so this gives us a chance going forward. And then movie of the year, same thing for movie of the year from another year, and then podcast of the year. We're planning on doing this every year, and going forward, we're gonna have a lot more categories and have this in mind starting throughout the beginning of the year, so we can way better way better track things and have a way better way of doing this. But do you wanna? Start with your nominees. We could start with podcasts, since that's probably like the least exciting. We can definitely do that, Casey. <laughs> All right. Uh, podcast of the year. Do I just start <clears throat> with the least one? Um. Well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't rank them. I'll just do them. Ooh, yeah. I almost dude. made the same mistake. I didn't put them in numbers. Well, I'm not going you know, to pay attention to my numbers. I'm just going to say them randomly. Okay. The number one nomination for me out of the five podcasts of the year is 
the Joe Rogan experience number one five 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 with Alex Jones and Tim Dillon. Oh. Awkward. I should have told you. Um, I did podcast of the year just like in general, like a podcast platform. Maybe you. Uh, I did specific episodes. Oh, awkward. I guess I should have clarified that more. That's uh, that's so in depth. I don't know if I could do that. I'm impressed by I, you, I but because I, I just said, of course, I knew that was on there. But then he started saying other stuff. I'm like, wait, what? No. Oh, I see what he's doing. So it's up to you if you want to keep doing it that way. You can for yours, or if yeah, you want just okay. And then the second one <laughs> is the current backloggers episode oh one gosh. slash live stream. That was the only time we'll be on the same list as Joe Rogan and us. You said current backloggers episode one live stream, you said? Episode one slash live stream. It's a hard oh. choice. Oh, okay. So you put two in there. I gotcha. Episode one was the start of it, but live stream, I feel like, was the most fun I've had. Okay. The next one is Dan Bell Ram in the Poconos, episode 157. That's over on Patreon. That the next one applause. is The Church with Joey Diaz, number 759 with Tim Dillon, cocksucker. Uh, the next one then would be The Nick DiPaolo Show, number 440 with Artie Lang and Election Tampering. <laughs> And the next one would be the Concrete Podcast with Frank Amadeo and the bipolar billionaire who planned to become an emperor of the world. That's an interesting one. I strongly recommend you should check out. There's this uh, billionaire that definitely thought he was going to take over the world. And uh, I'd almost say he's schizophrenic with the with the how they talked about him. Like he uh, he would just he's really intelligent so while he's in prison he'd be helping guys get uh work through their court case and be like discussing really specific int uh intricate things and just would randomly break out like the world will bow to me and when they all surrender then they'll know and then he'll just go back to the court case uh, he actually bought jets too he bought a bunch of old military jets and was gonna have him uh fitted for weapons and i think like the ukraine or some shit hmm. uh so it's frank amadeo he's still currently locked up unfortunately because i think he'd have the world's best podcast but um that's all my podcasts okay um so <laughs> that's probably awful if you're listening to podcasts you don't like the heads up seeing your phone come up there you know if you want fucking live applause go fuck yourself I'm sorry. No, not you, buddy. The, the the listeners. Oh, okay. Yeah, fuck you yeah. guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry that we have so many audience members. <laughs> so my podcast, my five are IGN Game Scoop. Um, IGN is where I started loving podcasts. I feel like they were one of the first companies that recognize how podcasts would be, how big podcasts would be and game scoop was one of the first back when greg miller was still on there and uh damon hatfield has been on there for as long as i've been listening and he's actually still running it which is kind of crazy so 
I'm definitely not as big a fan as IGN podcast as I used to be because most personalities that I liked, kind of like a, a TV show or something when it gets old, most of them are gone. But Game Scoop, I still listen to more than most of them, and Damon Hatfield's still on it, like I said, and I always liked him. I met him, he's super nice too, so that doesn't hurt. Um, so that's one of mine. My next one would be the Giant Bombcast. This was a podcast I listened to. Um, almost every time it comes out. I tell you I have like top podcasts I listen to every episode and I have a bunch of like backups. Game Scoop was always used to be one of the, the go to's, now it's kinda like a, a backup one. But the Giant Bombcast is still consistently one I always listen to. Yeah, and, if uh, if I want something gaming related and Colin's tapped out, that's definitely a go to for me too. Yeah. Um that was actually one of the first IG or non IGN podcasts I found. Because I liked IGN so much, and I liked podcasts so early on before a lot of people did. I'm not trying to be hipster, I just I remember that talking to my friends. And uh, why would you listen to that? That's just, this is like the radio, as I know. But it's so interesting. It's different. A lot of stuff that you can't find on the radio, and it's also you can play it whenever you want. You don't have to like wait for a certain hour. But I found that because I was so interested in IGNs. So I was like, man, is there any other video game ones? And I remember it was. Uh, Christmas Eve night actually was when I found it. Another weird one of my weird memories. I listened to their Game of the Year show, which I told you as long as you don't mind spoilers. Which the games they were talking about at the time, I used to keep up with the games so much more that I played all of them or didn't care about the ones they talked about if I hadn't played them. Mm-hmm. That they do such a cool like breakdown and debate of how they do their awards, and it's just like one of the most interesting things I've seen. If you don't mind spoilers. And then that got me hooked on the Giant Bombcast, and I listened to all their award show podcasts that night, and then kept listening ever since. What and, year did they start doing a podcast? Oh, God. I'd have to look it up. Like I said, that's why I try and look up these years now before I say it, because I'm, like, I'm so bad at years. Like you said, all this runs together. That would be like, uh, probably like 2010, and then I look it up, and it's probably like 2007 or something. Not really. I'm just saying that's how far off my. I'm like, yeah, I think I could guess that. And my years are always so fucked up. I know, actually, I do remember the first one I listened to. I think uh, they were debating Metal Gear Solid 4. So it would be like PS3 time. So around there. But that's when I started listening to it, too. They obviously started before that. And then my next one is actually another IGN one. I know you're not a fan of him, but uh, I think this is one of the most interesting podcasts in general is IGN Unfiltered, which is Ryan McCaffrey's podcast. And the reason I like it is because he gets uh, either really big name or at least really interesting people and does like a long breakdown of their gaming history, not just like the games they play, but how they got in the industry or where they're at or talking about their career. And as much as I like gaming podcasts and like personalities and everything, we talked before about even documentaries. There's just not enough like deep dive into video games. And I feel like he does a really good job of doing that. It's unfortunately like probably on average, like once a month and probably why the content's so good. Cause you don't rush them out and there's not just like the gaming news every week, but those are super interesting. If you want more of like a deep dive into video games and like the world of video games. And then my next two are both Colin podcasts Sacred Symbols, of course. Um, the PlayStation podcast we reference all the time on here. And then 
Knockback, which I don't listen to as much. That's another one. Not that I listen to sporadically. I just see what the topic is normally. So a lot of them are inter- interest me. The other ones, I don't care less to, or it's, they uh, kind of deep dives or whatever they're talking about. So I don't want to spoil it if I haven't seen it. So a lot of times I'll intentionally avoid it. But the ones that I do like, they just break things down so well and are super interesting. So that's why, even though I don't listen to it a lot like these, these other ones, it's on my list here. But that's my five. So oh, cool. if you want, we can. Well, that's all gaming. Yeah, I actually, I listen to other podcasts, but the more I looked at them, I was like, I like these, but from all the ones I list to, I don't think I'd put them ahead of any of those. Besides us, almost all of mine are comedians. Yeah, I did have, uh, would have in other years had the comedy button on there, and I do like it, but I don't listen to it nearly as much as I used to. But those guys are not comedians. <laughs> hey, didn't were you there for uh, their uh, riff track thing of Home Alone, or were you not there for that that we put on? No, I enjoyed it. I, I was going to say, shit for yeah, that, oh, I know. Um, yeah, that shit was comedy gold. Speaking of old cabal with Home Alone. Uh, but uh, we can move on to movie of the year if you want. Okay, movie of the year. Well, first, I, I put a little TV show in there just because I know you mentioned it and I thought about it before. Okay. Uh, we'll do the little TV show. Little, uh, uh, well, I won't actually say. I tell you what, I'll tell you which one I thought was the best. I think the best TV show that I watched this year that came out this year is uh, Tiger King. Shocker. Um, thank you, Casey, for the T-shirt. Oh, no problem. Um. Then probably How To with John Wilson. It's HBO um, Max exclusive. It's amazing. Uh, it's pretty well shot. And then The Pharmacist, which is another Netflix documentary. That documentary TV show I think would have been bigger if it didn't come out like right before Tiger King. Um, but yeah. Uh, let's see. The first movie on my list is uh, Hubie Halloween. Uh, Bloodshot. Onward and Jasper Mall. Those are the four. These are literally the only four movies I watched this year that came out this year besides <laughs> the Monster Hunter that we watched tonight. Okay. Um, so I have five movies that I watched this year that came out this year. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, we, any that don't have the full five in it will have till next week to be able to fill in if we think of anything or watch anything or play anything in the, that time frame. So yeah, I can, I can add monster hunter to this, but only if you want to, I, uh, I didn't see a ton of movies this year either. The more I looked at it and I was going to do that too and just put in movies just cause I saw them. But I was like, eh, unless I think I'd actually be okay with being in my top five, then I didn't put them in there. So, I mean, they weren't bad. I didn't watch a single bad. Those, those five I mentioned were not bad movies. Yeah. No, I got you. I have really fucking low standards, though. So my top five, or my five nominations, are The Tenant, Christopher Nolan's newest movie, which I think is uh, really enjoyable and the kind of movie that should definitely be seen on the big screen. I think there's plenty of movies you don't need to see the big screen. I know I advocate for that because I love movie theaters, but I think there are plenty that 
are perfectly fine watching your house, but I do think his, and I think it's pretty clear with how he advocates for movie theaters that he intentionally makes his movies to be seen in the theaters. Mm-hmm. And I think this one definitely amplified by that. I did really enjoy it. I don't, I said at the time, I still feel this way that a lot of people are saying it's potentially his best movie yet. I wouldn't even put it in his top three, but which might sound like an insult, but he has made incredible movies, obviously. So even a lower tier movie for him, I think is uh, still a candidate for movie of the year, especially with how little movies we had this year, which is what you'll be able to tell by probably both of our lists that on normal years. I feel like a lot of these wouldn't even make the list, but we're working with what we got right now. Um, so my next one was Sonic, which I don't think is a mind-blowing movie or anything stand out in particular, but I really enjoyed it. And that's why I said that's kind of how I'm basing mine off of. And I do think it's a solid movie for what it is. If you go into it knowing it's going to be goofy and kind of a fun kiddish movie, I think that's what they're going for. And I think it's done really well. I think it's also pays homage to Sonic very well, which is uh, surprising, especially with the uh, initial launch of Sonic trailers that we were seeing. So Sonic's on here for me. And then Birds of Prey and the Fantabulous, uh, what's this? Uh, Shit, that's why they did this ridiculous title. I wanted to get it right though. Let me look it up here. Emancipation, that's right. The Fabulous Emancipation of of one Harley Quinn, which is the worst name ever. But that's why it's all subtitled because everybody's called Birds of Prey. And if you remember, this movie did so poorly and people are saying it was because of the name that they changed it to Harley Quinn's Bird of Prey because everybody said that it was her name wasn't like the prominent thing so nobody even knew what it was which is uh, a bummer because I think the movie is uh, genuinely great and a lot of fun so if you haven't watched Birds of Prey I would definitely do that it's a ton of fun my next one is a very recent movie Went straight to Disney Plus, unfortunately, because it's supposed to be out in the theaters, and that is Pixar's newest movie, Soul. Oh, thank God, those are gonna say Mulan. Oh no, I haven't watched it yet, so I can't say either way. But you know, I'm not even a big fan of the original, which blows people's mind. I think it's good, but I put it on the lower tier for Disney movies, so I'm sure I feel even less about the live action. That's like uh, one of my top five Disney movies, Mulan. <laughs> um, Soul is. I think visually one of their best movies yet and I don't think it has the impact or like the pulls on your your strings like a lot of Pixar movies I think it is telling a good story and has a good message but there's just something about it that doesn't really seem impactful I would say maybe we're just getting used to Pixar doing that and you know what to expect but I've seen some of more recent movies and it still gets me sometimes so I don't think it's that we're getting used to it. But there, there just was something odd about this that it had a good message, but I was just kind of like, oh, yeah, that was a good movie, and kind of just ended. Uh, Jamie Foxx is the lead voice actor. I hate Jamie Foxx, but he did a really good job with it. If you haven't watched Soul, I highly suggest it, especially I know you had Onward on your list. I was the biggest Onward fan. I don't think it's bad. It's just it'd be on the lower end of Pixar's movies for me. So I'll be curious to see. It's the opposite, man. 
Yeah, that's why I'd be curious to see what you think of Soul, since you're such a fan of that. If you saw Soul and you're like, I thought it was terrible. Or if you really like it like I do. Soul. Huh? I said it's got a lot of soul. Uh, and then my last one, we actually have crossover for the first time. And people probably think we're trolling if they don't know us, but Hubie yeah, Halloween. Oh, shit, sorry. Oh, I knew it. I knew yeah. it. I knew it. I believe that's what you would guess. I believe you. Um, I still feel the same way I did about this movie. I Anybody that was playing, like, award show of, like, the best quality of movie and, like, best performance and everything, I think it would be hard to put this movie anywhere even close to the top. But for what we're doing, judging our favorite and what we had the most fun with, I think it's deserving of it. I knew what I was getting out of it, and I think it delivered on that, which is what I was looking for at the time. And it was a perfect movie at the time, just wanting something. Oh, was... Nate's such a psycho Adam Sandler fan that she knew that was his daughter's. Yeah, I didn't know that. She knew their fucking names. <laughs> Almost threw her out of this house, you weirdo. Well, I like Adam Sandler, but I think Renee loves Adam Sandler. Like, if you knock on the door right now, like, hey, just, you know, leave this fool and come live with me, I think she would leave. I believe that, but I think if. Like Hitler got reincarnated and did that, she'll leave as well. So I don't think it's really Adam Sandler. I think it's more so you. Whoa, bud. <laughs> but we can move on to that's my nominees for movie of the year. So we can move on to movies of the year from another year. And you're talking about Adam Sandler as her. I can't really judge based off of uh, one of my movies on here. You can start though if you want. Okay. Uh, Dallas Buyers Club, Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, you haven't seen either of those? No. Really? I thought you saw both of them. I thought you were just rewatching them. Uh, I started Dallas Buyers Club when it first came out. Uh, then I watched, got halfway through with my dad, and we're like, oh, we'll finish this later. Yeah. And then we never finished it. Okay. I watched half of it when it came out. And then Wolf of Wall Street, which the uh, reason I didn't watch it initially is I was like, I can't fucking sit in a theater for three hours. And then I was like, I don't want to sit and watch a movie for three hours. And after reading Matthew McConaughey's book, I sat down and watched all three hours of it. And it's fantastic. Uh, Taxi Driver, The Death of Stalin, and Gonzo, the documentary. Uh, all five of these are like huge, critically acclaimed movies. Mm-hmm. Well, The Death of Stalin, not really, but kind of. Um, Gonzo, I... Too. I only have actually two on my list for this one. I think this is definitely one that I'm missing some on and might fill in more Really? Later. Yeah, I think I have to be missing some. I mean, I have rewatched a lot of stuff that doesn't count to this that I know would be above these movies, but I'm trying to think of things I particularly watched this year that are from another year that I haven't watched. Um, so I only have two. I will say, though, before I move on to this, that that's probably a nice thing about listening to that fucking audio book is that it probably drags on. is like 15 hours of your life that three hours of something that's even shit you're just like well i can do this so it probably makes you appreciate time be like, i can do anything now you thought wolf of wall street was shit no i said that even if something was i haven't seen it oh. even if something uh, was shit that because you didn't know going into it that could have been shit but you're like well i was listening to this 15 hour thing so i can watch this three hour thing oh to go back to the the frank amadeo the crazy bipolar billionaire mm-hmm uh, there's a prison where all those like blue collar, like high end blue collar. I don't even know what I call them blue collar crime. I don't know where I where I put them. 
with those guys that figure out how to play the system and rob people of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, they all go to prison together. So Frank Amadeo and then the guy that kind of leads the Concrete Podcast or brings all these people in, they were all in prison with the real Wolf of Wall Street. Oh. Uh, I believe that's how it was. Or they know each <laughs> other mutually. And the real Wolf of Wall Street is back out. He's out. He didn't spend that long in prison, but he's back out and he's selling stock advice again, I believe. Huh. Um, but yeah, all those guys are connected and they're all, they all go to prison together. <laughs> Which that's, if I have to go to prison, I want to go there. Just the stories of on this podcast, the Concrete Podcast. Uh-huh. This seems like the fucking place to be. It sounds so insane. <laughs> it's all these like, uh, these guys, if they would have just used their brains for something other than fucking robbing people, they yeah. would have been the next Steve Jobs, but because they're such criminals and shitheads. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, you're good. So my movies of the year from another year, we have, uh-huh. you want a drum roll for this one? Cats. Oh, cats, no, <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> Fuck. Did you just listen to the list I read off? <laughs> like, some of the, That's like, why I told you I had a similar one as well. Oh, Jesus Christ. I don't know if I actually said that. I meant to say that. I think I might miss my joke there. Because um, I was, especially with my next one, it's uh, it actually would be similar to yours, but I was like, I'll leave with cats. Um, it might sound like a troll, and I definitely, if I could think of more, it would uh, maybe be off the list, but. As much of a meme as it turned into, I really enjoyed it. And, you know, I hate musicals, and those songs get stuck in my head. And Danielle will tell you I play them pretty often, and I actually like them, even some of the non-Taylor Swift songs, because uh, that's what I was going to bring in Adam Sandler to this. I can't really judge Renee because I could probably tell you a ton of creepy facts about Taylor Swift that nobody would want to know. So, I mean, I can't really judge that she knows the kids' names I know. Carol Swift's fucking cat names. That's not even that rare. I mean, she's pretty public about it. But, so I can't judge there. thing to be in the private about. Yeah, it would, but, um, <laughs> I mean, Pete, what, a lot what are of, cats' names? What are they? It's, uh, Olivia, Meredith, and Benjamin. Jesus Christ. Are those cats or a roster for a nursing home? <laughs> the fucking... You almost you put me on the spot too. I almost looked like I was just like, oh, I know a lot about Taylor Swift because then you asked on shit. What are they? I can't remember any of them now. And I was oh, like, oh, wait, they come back to me. Gertrude. <laughs> it sounds like all of her cats use walkers. <laughs> you seen picture of them though? I don't even like. Well, I don't like her cats either. But you would fucking love them. Oh yeah, those are my favorite. Uh, I think they're Himalayans. So much hair. No, thank you. Um. It's Himalayans. Then my next one, like I said, is not as high as tier, uh, 1917, the war movie. Um, obviously way higher tier and fits more into your category. I I think it's definitely worth watching. I'm not as high on as other people are. I think the uh, story is kind of bland and there's not much to it. It's pretty straightforward, which obviously has to be because it's a true story. So you can't really edit something like that. It is what it is. But how it looks like it's all shot in one shot and the visuals of it, I think that alone is enough to put in this for me. And then the story, like I said, is not bad or like, oh, God, what is this? Kind of just, just there to move it along, it feels like. Mm-hmm. 
So those are my two. And then I know I'm missing some, even on my ones I have five filled in. I know I'm missing some, but we'll leave ours that are set at five set that way. And then any that aren't at five, we can fill in up until when next week. It came out in uh, February this year. It came out Valentine's Day, which is a great Valentine's movie. That and Birds of Prey came out the same day. We went to see him for Valentine's Day, which is, uh, I had to check myself on that because when I was trying to think of movies from this year, I was like, I really like both of those, but those didn't come out this year because, of, like we said, this is like the longest, shortest year ever. I can't fucking oh, yeah. think about seeing those movies. I was like, I can't believe that was this year. That was nuts, especially how normalized all this ridiculous shit is now because we went there and it was crazy busy. Everybody was there. Nobody's wearing a mask. I know, I get that. Obviously, I know why it is the way it is now. But as we were thinking about just like 10 months ago, how different everything is and how normalized all this weird shit is now. Yeah. But we go all night with that. We can talk about that on a regular podcast. So uh, if you want to start with, we can do, what do you want to start with for this, for nominees? Game of the year or game of the year from another year? Uh, let's do from another year. All right, let's hear it. Uh, Gears 4, Jedi Fallen Order, Man of Madon, What Remains of Edith Finch, and The Witcher. Okay, have you finished The Witcher yet? You don't have to. No. Put it on. Okay, some of mine I haven't finished as well. I wasn't being like... I wasn't, you know, have you finished it? You better finished it. I think there's some games, I think there's some games that definitely rely on finishing it, but I think there's plenty of games that you can tell what it's going to be in a certain amount of time. But that's also, like I said, another reason why we have this category and why I think it'd be good to keep it going forward because there's no way that there's, if I played all the games that came out this year, this list would be so different, like Ghost of Tsushima, uh, cyberpunk always like top games even if they're not end up being my favorite some of them would be but there's just no way to play all these games or even if we have there's you can't finish all of them so my game of the year from another year my nominations are the dark pictures anthology man of madon so another one that lines up crossover with you out there another crossover with you what remains of edith finch sunset overdrive and the unfinished swan which is another Giant Sparrow game that people made. What remains of Edith Finch? Shit, I forgot about Sunset Overdrive. I would have put it on here. You want to swap one out while we're on the show now? Uh, sure. What are you taking out? Moment the Truth. The Witcher. Okay. Yep. Let's see. Cool. All right, so we can move on to nominations for Game of the Year. Or our hey. favorite game of the year. Uh, I did a seven. Just throw some memes in there for you guys. Cause you know how much you. Uh, oh God, I know one of them. Fucking shitheads like this game. Uh, it's a coffee talk. <laughs> uh, it has no fucking chance of winning. Eh, you never know. <laughs> uh, Minecraft Dungeons. Fall Guys. Dreams. Among Us, Call of Duty Warzone, and Grounded. Um, is Dreams another meme? Or, yeah. 
Let's see, that's sad because I had that on my list. I narrowed it down because I had more than five in this category. And I took that out. Some sad's a mean for you because it was a contender for me. So I mean, it's okay. I was really kind of just this list is more of me regurgitating everything I played. It wasn't bad. It just wasn't. Yeah. Wasn't that great? It's actually weird. Dreams. The uh, I told you how it's like a main campaign. And I actually think that's really well done and different than most things now, which is one of the reasons I liked it, how unique that was, aside from all the user-created stuff, which obviously that's where the game really shines. But uh, the reason I bring that up, I meant to mention when I was talking about Soul, the uh, Dreams main campaign reminded me a lot of Soul for some reason. It kind of had a similar vibe and story to it, which is another reason why I think Soul connected with me so much, because I told you I love that campaign in Dreams. Which is weird, because that's like the last thing I thought I'd care about in Dreams. Um, but for my Game of the Year nominations, I have The Dark Pictures Anthology, Little Hope. Last of Us Part 2, which is a game I haven't finished, and that's why I said on our last episode, I'm going to make sure I finish it by the time, by next week, because that's a game that I think is very narr- narrative-driven. So I think... It being Game of the Year would definitely be dependent on how I feel about the story. Mm-hmm. I played enough of it that I think it's definitely worthy of being a nomination just by how impressive everything else is in, is in it. But as far as I should be in the winner, I feel like that's very dependent on the, the story it's telling. Um, Twin Breaker, a Sacred Symbols adventure, and not just because we talk about them and reference them a lot. But I told you, this is a game I wasn't even sure I would like. I did just want to support them. And even if I liked it, I thought it'd be like, uh, I played it for 10 minutes and oh, that was cool. And this is, I wish I had a tracker of all the games I played across all systems. This would have to be in the top five, maybe even top two, but definitely top five games I put a time into this year, which is mind blowing to me. So I can't really leave it off the list. And uh, I think it's really well done for what it is too. These next two, I haven't played enough. But kind of like I talked about, sometimes you can you know what you're getting with the game and know how you feel about it. Is one that I put very little time into. I referenced on our last episode, Spyro: The Reignited Trilogy, and I know that it's worthy of it because I beat all those games and I love them. And like I started to talk about, I did not go all the way into it on the episode because I knew I could talk about it here more. Is how it makes you feel like the game that you remembered in your mind playing that long ago, but bring it to modern day. Kind of like if you play Halo now, the original Halo Combat Evolved, you're like, this game is fucking broken. And then you play uh, Combat Evolved Anniversary, and you're like, man, this is exactly as I remembered it. And then it's mind-blowing going back to the old one and being like, this game is hardly runnable. And looking at old Spyro videos, it is a fucking mess, and I'm not even obviously seeing the control or playing with the controls of it, but even just visually is a mess. And seeing what they did with this makes me so excited to play it and have that feeling of old school platformers, which I told you that's one of my favorite things. So I'm really excited to play more of that. And then my last one here is Planet Coaster Console Edition because, you know, I'm a sucker for theme park simulators. Another one I haven't put enough time into, but I know what I'm getting out of it. It's not perfect for me and... I told you my favorite variation of this is Thrillville. I think they've done the best combination of simulation, but also not making it too complicated. Mm-hmm. But I think this one is very impressive and having a lot of fun with it. So that's my nominations for Game of the Year. 
Cool, cool. Anything you want to add here? Uh, next year, I just want to be better about playing stuff and being more organized about it and taking photos. Uh, last year, a guy on a Metal Jesus Rocks Facebook group, he would just, every time he beat something, he'd put everything in a pile and just slowly add to the pile. Mm-hmm. So all of his photos would be of him adding shit. So I want to do something similar to social media. Um, I could do that with uh, books and DVDs and video games. Um, so I hope to do that. That would be easier to keep up with shit. No, for sure. I We've kind of talked off the podcast for, but I feel the exact same way because... I don't feel bad about the stuff I have on here, but I know that if I kept up, I'd have a way different list, even though I don't feel bad about this. And uh, I've always wanted to do that, even outside of a podcast. Like I, when I was seeing movies regularly and the theaters were all open, I was keeping a rankings of all of the movies I was seeing just for myself because I was curious to see at the end of the year, but I never kept up with it. So I think this give me an excuse to do something I've always wanted to do and also will help with uh one of the driving forces of the podcast, the backlog and doing stuff. I think I'd make a podcast more interesting each week. Of, we don't have to break down like every time we add something, but like, yeah, I think this is a contender for game of the year or something as it we play stuff that we think like really sticks out. And next year, like I said, we'll have way more categories because we'll have a whole year of knowing we're doing this instead of like the last couple months being like, I think we should do this and kind of rushing all of our ideas. So um, things that we can think about going forward. Definitely, I have other categories in mind. I know Cody does. But if you guys have any categories that I mentioned before, definitely suggest them because we'll have a whole year to work with. And uh, I can't fucking concentrate with that face. Um, if you're listening to a podcast, you are be happier not seeing the visuals. Um, but also... Your stuff is mainly physical, so it may not matter for you, but there is movie theaters and whatnot, so maybe a good idea to keep track, like a, a Google Take Doc or something. Movie tickets. What's that? Take pictures of your movie tickets. Yeah, you could do that. Yeah, I know for me, if I do it that way, I know I have them all over the place, and I'll be like, shit, where is this, where is this? So I'm just going to have one giant uh, Google Doc for it. Because even like the uh, podcast news, that's how I usually do. I take screenshots, and then as we get closer to podcasts, I'm go find them. And even that alone, each week, I'm like, oh, shit, which one was this? So I know for me, that will never work, but you could always have, like, your own album. So, yeah, there is a way to do it if you are good about it. I just know how to mix it up. But uh, besides that, um, we'll definitely, like I said, it's called the Current Backlogs Award Show, the CBAs. And I don't think I said the name of our awards on here the backloggies that's what uh awards will give away i think it'd be very funny to have physical awards for some of these sometime as well um and just put them on our own shelves for these developers but uh i was thinking about that um i don't know if it might be worth it just to have it happen see if we get any reaction out of it um and then like i said any of these categories i think are perfect for shit we missed this year even because next year we can have games like Ghost of Tsushima, Cyberpunk, anything came out or even years before it doesn't have to be this current year but I feel like we know this current year there's been a ton of big stuff that we both wanted to play or watch and missed out on so I think that would be good and then the plan is next week to do our normal podcast and have another separate show for the awards show and hopefully be in person but if not we might delay it but that's the plan as of now for the cba's 2020 
2020 CBAs, as it were. I knew that sounded weird when I said that. All right. Is that it? That's it. Let's do it. Peace. Peace.